Hey, what's going on, Hood Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. I really do appreciate you all spending your lunch break with yours truly once again. This is the second day in a row uh, I have done a lunchtime show. Um, so, uh, shouts out to everybody. Uh, the only thing I asked of you is to hit that like button. If you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast, you enjoy the content, you're ready to talk about uh, Tyron Matthew, you're ready to talk about these draft picks, go ahead and hit that like button, okay? I really would appreciate that. Shouts out to those that are following into the chat and uh, all those that are listening, uh, no matter where you are, wherever you may be. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this. Let's go ahead and talk about the New Orleans Saints, uh, Tyron Matthew visiting the New Orleans Saints on today. There was a picture that's uh, circling around social media of uh, Tyron Matthew, and I believe that's his agent walking into the Saints facility. Uh, first question is, who took the picture? <laughs> and, uh, you know, who's responsible for that? But, look, as a Saints fan, you got to be excited. You got to be excited that Tyron Matthew is getting the opportunity uh, to uh, talk with the New Orleans Saints about possibly bringing him to New Orleans. Uh, Tyron Matthew is a native of New Orleans, of course. We know he went to St. Aug High School. Uh, Shouts out to all the Purple Knights once again. Uh, We know how much Tyron Matthew uh, means to each and every one of us, uh, him being a native son. Um, But once again, this is a business. And as excited as I am looking at that picture of him walking into the facility, I have to be honest with you, who that nation... Um, the New Orleans Saints aren't very good at negotiating. When I look at some of the guys that came in, you know, this player walks into the Saints facility, the Saints are meeting with this guy, doesn't always end up with the guy signing. I have to think, was there ever a time where a player walked into the Saints facility and they signed him? And, I, I, man, I mean, maybe you can, but I can't. But I... I this whole entire thing, I don't care what anybody says. They can act as smug as they want to. They can act as arrogant as they want to. The members of the Houdat Nation on social media and throughout New Orleans, the Louisiana area, Gulf Coast region, they are the reason why Tyron Matthew is in the same facility right now. Has absolutely nothing to do with Tyron Matthew. Uh, I feel like the New Orleans Saints really probably wouldn't even have brought him in if the New Orleans Saints fans didn't lobby for this dude. If C.J. Gardner-Johnson didn't lobby for this dude, if Michael Thomas didn't lobby for this dude, I feel like this was a way of trying to appease uh, some of the leadership on the Saints team, guys that are very, very instrumental to the success of the New Orleans Saints. And when these guys say, Hey, man, you might need to look at this guy. You're a new head coach. This is a new, uh, you know, a new regime. You might want to be in these players' good graces by bringing them in. And then on top of that, Tyron Matthew has been all across Louisiana. You know, it's not like they don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're on social media as much as they say they are not. And if they're not, then somebody told them. And it would be a shame that you have a talent like this in your state, and you don't even send for him at all. You know, so the way I look at it, uh, it was a combination of the Saints fans, 
some of these Saints players that, that are very instrumental to the Saints' success lobbying together to try to make sure that the Saints bring in Tyron Matthew. But once again, I'm excited about it, but I'm not optimistic because the New Orleans Saints suck at negotiating. They do. Like, think about this. Think about throughout the course of time where the New Orleans Saints have brought in a well-touted free agent and they walked away with that free agent. I can't. I can't remember the last time that actually happened. I, not only a well, a highly touted free agent, but a guy of any type of use. Like, I think about some of the other guys that that, that visit uh, the New Orleans Saints when the Saints needed cornerback help. <laughs> they interviewed like two or three different guys. I want to say they had like Conley come in, the dude that was played for the Colts. He was uh, real close to signing with him, goes into the facility, decided to sign with somebody else. Then we needed, like, you know, cornerback help, and then Drake Kirkpatrick came back in, and they couldn't get him. I remember Dominican Sue before he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, we brought him to the facility. Didn't get him. So, to me, the Saints suck at negotiating. But I think the best, the best case scenario about all this it has absolutely nothing to do with the Saints negotiating skills. It's about Tyron Matthew wanting to come back to New Orleans. Now, the Saints, to me, have all the leverage because he wants to play for the Saints. He wants to play for them. You can tell. You can tell by his social media. You can tell by the way he's interacting with these Saints players. He wants to play for the Saints. The Saints have to do right by this dude, okay? You can't go up in here and slap this dude in the face like he washed or something like that, and he's he doesn't have the ability to play the safety position anymore. If As long as you go in there with a competitive contract and you respect that man's ability and respect his uh, on-the-field on play and you give him a contract that, that that's justifiable, right, that, 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 that coincides with the way that this dude plays, the Saints are going to walk away with Tyron Matthew. I mean, it's, it's basically like, man, the dude wants to work here. He wants to work for you. <laughs> All you have to do is just, you know, show some love. That That's it. I mean, basically, like, if the Saints do not sign this dude, to me, it would be an indication of, man, it, it would be, it would, we would have to have a conversation about, you know, what are the Saints actually doing and why is it that, you know, they can go out here and move heaven and earth for one guy and can't get away and can't uh, get Tyron Matthew? We'll have to have a conversation about that because there's no way that this dude should leave the Saints facility if you need this dude the way that we know you do and he doesn't get a contract. We've seen that you will do anything to try to get what you want to the best of your ability. So if they don't do that, then, you know, I'm, I am very, I would be very discouraged about what I see when it comes to the future of the New Orleans Saints when it comes to their negotiating practices. Look, I, I get it, right? The Saints historically have gotten guys who have been middle of the rough, you know, suitable contracts, guys that they can develop and they come into the Saints system and they make an impact. But there comes a time when you need certain players that can give you that immediate impact. You got to show these guys the money. And you can't be around this thing lowballing folk. And it, it's not like that. So, let's. I mean, it, as long as they show this dude some love, they should be able to walk away with him. Tyron Matthew, thank you very much. They said no one better 
Make no fart jokes about me if I sign. <laughs> Tyron, thank you very much for the $2, man. I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to go back to the top. Becon says, uh, please smash. Thanks so much. Who that family? Yes, hit the like button. I see 105 people watching this right now. Go ahead and hit that like button, okay? Go ahead and hit that like button. Chosen OG, you give him a shout out. Lord uh, says, don't let him leave without a contract. I mentioned that on social media. You should not allow this dude to leave without a contract. King Arthur says, uh, TJ, who do you think we will take at 16 and 19? I think the Saints are going to get a wide receiver and a quarterback. I mean, it's just the truth. I, I, I mean, unless like somebody is there, unless somebody is there like on offensive line that they just can't do without, the Saints are going to draft a quarterback. I mean, it would be, I would be shocked if they don't. I, I honestly, I would be shocked if they don't get themselves a quarterback. I mean, it, it. I mean, it might be frustrating to some. A lot of us, you know, feel like they have a quarterback in Jameis, but based on them going all out for Deshaun Watson, and to me, it was almost like, and I, and no disrespect to Jameis, but it was like, ah, well, I guess we just go with Jameis then. You know, that's kind of like how it felt. I don't think that Dennis Allen is sold on Jameis. I don't even think Mickey Loomis is really sold on Jameis. I think Jameis is with the New Orleans Saints strictly because Sean Payton wanted him. You know, and we know that Sean Payton likes to deal with guys that they consider kind of damaged or people feel like they just, you know, hopeless. Uh, I think that the reason why they signed Jameis is because they know Jameis. They're familiar with Jameis. And it's better to go into the season with a guy that has some upside that they consider than to go into with somebody that they don't even know. So I think that this gives them the opportunity uh, to draft a guy that they feel like will be their guy. Uh, you look at Jameis' uh, contract. I mean, it's a two-year deal, but it's more of a prove-it deal. They gave him most of his money up front. So I think they're going to draft a quarterback and a wide receiver. I mean, I know some people are saying offensive linemen, but let's just be honest about this, folks. How many times have the Saints actually did what we expected for them to do with any draft picks, okay? Last year, we thought that they were going after a cornerback. Year before that, we thought they were going to get us a successor to Drew Brees, and they done none of those things in the draft. So looking and based on what they are giving up, you don't give up this type of draft capital unless you're trying to get yourself a quarterback. I mean, that's just the honest truth. And as far as the, the 16 and 19 uh, picks that they picked up, for those that uh, don't know, the Saints uh, made a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they get the uh, 2022 16 and 2022 uh, 19 pick, and they get the six-round pick number 194 in this year's draft. And Philly gets uh, the Saints' 18th pick. Uh, they get their third-round pick this year, pick number 101. They get a seven-round pick. And they get the Saints' uh, first-round pick next year, and they get their second-round pick in 2024. So the Saints are, you know, making deals. But I think this is extremely smart by the New Orleans Saints, and I'll tell you why. Some people are probably getting mad. Some people will probably get frustrated, like, man, why are you doing that? You're giving up a first-round pick. The Saints can get that first-round pick back, and they will. They'll get it back when Sean Payton comes back into the league next year. Like, makes no mistake about it, folks. Sean Payton, he can say whatever he wants to say. He can talk about being in the media and talk about wanting to do TV. All that stuff was window dressing. Sean Payton was going to coach in the National Football League. 
Shouts out to my guy, B. Mac, Brian McFadden. He was going to coach the Miami Dolphins. He was going to coach him. Sean Payton was not going to take a year off. Okay? Sean Payton was going to leave the Saints organization via trade. The reason why he was going to leave the Saints organization via trade is because he he didn't want to uh, leave the New Orleans Saints fan base with a bad taste in their mouth, right? Him walking away from the New Orleans Saints would not look very, very good. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I quit because it looked like you, you know, you were giving up or whatever like that. You know, like, you know, you're giving up on a squad. Okay, Drew Brees gone. You know, you're not going to have the same team. Uh, let, let me go uh, get up out of here while my reputation's still intact. Okay, but, you know, he wasn't going to do that. But, <laughs> of course, Brian Flores, uh, you know, decided to sue the league because he felt like he was unjustifiably fired by the Miami Dolphins. Now, some people would say, well, Sean Payton already did step down. But... When he stepped down, he chunked it up to being burnt out. I mean, so we have no choice but to understand that, right? Oh, man, he burnt out. I don't believe that, okay? I'm sorry. I like Sean Payton, but I think that was just a bunch of nonsense. He was going to go via trade, go to the Miami Dolphins. And then to me, I just I still feel like he can still go to the Miami Dolphins if Mike McDaniel don't pan out, which I think a part of – Stephen Ross may want him not to pan out. I mean, hear me out, folks. Okay. You had opportunity to get a Super Bowl winning coach, right? You couldn't get him because of Brian Flores. You end up signing a guy who really nobody really knew that much about. You sign him. If this guy doesn't pan out with all of the talent that he has uh, developed out in Miami, then. I mean, it will give you grounds to fire a guy, right? Or one and done. Like, we've we done everything we can. Why you can't make the playoffs with this team we give you? So, if he does fail, it still will open up the door for Sean Payton to get back in the league. Or, let's just say, for example, uh, if the Los Angeles Chargers don't make the playoffs again, right? If Justin Herbert, as talented as he is, and Keenan Allen, and all those guys, getting Khalil Mack, and all that, right? If you can't win in Los Angeles... Maybe they're looking at another head coach. So Sean Payton coming back into the league is really, really possible, right? And if a team stinks, but they have a lot of promise and that team is picking in the top 10, guess who would get that first round draft pick to acquire, I mean, the services of a Sean Payton? You know, we would, the Saints. So for all the people that just feel like, oh, man, we giving up a draft pick next year. Look, man, they know there's a strong possibility that Sean is coming back to the league because Sean wants to coach. He always wanted to coach. And the Saints were going to do a deal with the Miami Dolphins, and he was going to go there, and the Saints were going to get some draft capital in the process. That that was what's going to happen. And it's still, to in my opinion, going to happen. You know, it just all depends. It all depends on how, uh, you know, these teams perform. So that's, that's just the way that it is. Uh, but let me go ahead and get back to the comments, man. I just had to make that, I just make that clear. Uh, Mario says, uh, we get the honey badger is a wrap for the NFC conference. Well, look, I, I understand everybody's excitement, but I, I don't, I can't agree with that. Okay. I, I've seen the saints have some talented teams over the last five years 
And I've said ad nauseum, man, this may be our year uh, among friends, even behind this microphone. Look, man, unless, until it actually happens, um, I'm skeptical, you know, because Lord knows uh, how many times have we seen, not just in draft picks, not just in the war room, have the Saints not done what we all expected them to do. Right? <laughs> so I, I have optimism every single year uh, being a Saints fan, but I have a wait-and-see approach, okay? I, I, I understand the NFC is wide open. Like, there's no – uh, you know, def- definitive favor. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there's no no favorite out there. That I'll just be like, okay, man, it's over with. I mean, every team to me has an opportunity. It depends on what your front office do, what your coaching staff do, and what the team does, right? And also the battle of attrition. Um, the Saints' battle of attrition last year was male nutrition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was it was awful, terrible, right? It, it, every every week somebody was hurt, right? They was putting this team together with 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 glue and tape, right? And it was going out there trying to perform. I mean, we we seen the, the great play of guys like Kevin White and, you know, and man, come on, man, give me a freaking break. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, they have a, a chance just like everybody else. You know, I'm not ready to throw these guys aside and cast them aside, something I feel like a lot of people want to do. You know, Sean Payton not here, Drew Brees not there, y'all, y'all doomed now. But NFC is wide open and we'll see. Juan says, TJ, it just seemed like you want the Saints to overpay for players. Uh, what if uh, they are just sticking to their price? We thought they were uh, going to be bad at cornerback last year, and now is a strength. Uh, Juan, you, I mean, how is it? <laughs> Man, you must be new to the show or something. You must be new to the show. Gotta be. You gotta be new to the show. Because ain't no way in the world somebody gonna type up something like this like come on man go back in the archives and look at my shows when they have well touted highly touted uh free agents and see where i stand when it comes to it i ain't never came on here and say oh man the saints need to get this guy they need to get this guy if he's demanding you know top dollar hey i ain't never said that i am a, a firm believer in building through the draft but i also feel like you need a combination of veteran leadership and stability. This dude brings leadership and stability to a position that will need leadership and stability. The guy who retired after 13 years in the National Football League gave you leadership and stability. So what's the best way to replace a guy than to add a guy, come on with me, with leadership and stability? It's not about breaking a bank. It's not about breaking a bank here. It's about putting somebody there that you believe that can get you where you need to be. I said it on yesterday, Malcolm Jenkins. I I enjoy Malcolm Jenkins. I'm glad that he came back the second time around, but Tyron Matthew is a better football player than Malcolm Jenkins is. Okay. I mean, it's just a fact. He's better. You will upgrade that position. If you sign Tyron Matthew. So it's not about, Oh, going out here, getting, you know what I'm saying? A guy for a whole bunch of money. No, I don't want them to overpay anybody. But if a guy has a certain level of talent, how can you put a price on that if that guy is going to give you the type of production? Ask any football team. If you know that, like Jerry Jones said, you you couldn't imagine a check that I would write if it means that I can bring home a Super Bowl championship. These teams want to win, right? They they want to win. 
You think you think the Los Angeles Rams thinking about overpaying guys, huh? Signing guys like Bobby Wagner to five-year deals, getting Jalen Ramsey, bringing back Aaron Donald, going trade for Matthew Stafford. Do you think these dudes actually really, legitimately, sincerely care about writing a check? If, if you have what, what the Rams have done, they go out here in the later rounds and they draft really good guys to go along with some of the guys that they acquire via free agency. The Saints build through the draft, right? They build through the draft and they bring in guys who have talent that they in leadership and good locker room guys that bring a different chemistry and they combine that together. So my my whole entire point is it's not about writing a check, but if you can get a guy that can come in and give you that type of production, why not? And it's not like to me he's not, you know, he's not going to be the highest paid safety in the National Football League if the Saints sign with him. It's not happening. All right. If if Tyron Matthew was going to be the highest paid safety in the National Football League, he wouldn't be playing for the Saints right now. And he would have been off free agency probably in the in the first two or three days. So you're going to get him at a re, you know what I'm saying? You're going to get him at a reasonable price. It's just about a a price that actually respect you know what I'm saying that, that shows respect for the dude like I'm not sitting up here like why why are we sitting up here and pretending like this dude ain't good enough to you know demand a certain amount of money but no I don't feel like the Saints need to overpay for anybody I, I never work like that and um you know I don't know if you knew the show or not or maybe you know you worded that wrong but anybody that know me know that I'm very careful with the guys I feel like the Saints need to go and get I you know that's just the hot that's just how I roll. If they get uh let me see if they get to get a quarterback, I hope it's not Pickett or Howell. Carroll is okay if they have to have one. I'll take Willis and let him uh sit behind Jameis for a couple of years. If they get a quarterback, Jameis is gonna be gone next year. Simple. It is it, it's simple and plain, folks. I, I don't. I, there's, there's no way. There's no other way you can slice it, cut it, divide it, and give it out. It's just what it is, man. If you get a quarterback in the first round, you didn't get a quarterback in the first round for him to just sit around. And, you know, some people would bring up Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs, okay? that that's Man, that's, if that's not grounds for a first-round pick to sit out. I don't know what is, right? So... Um, unless Jameis Winston is about to be a league MVP, that's like in, in or put up like some crazy yards. That's like the only way I can see that the Saints end up like trying to resign him. If the Saints get a quarterback in the first round, Jameis Winston most likely won't be a New Orleans Saint next year, unless he just puts up like unbelievable numbers. I know you didn't just say we're drafting a quarterback. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. Uh, and I stand by that until I'm proven otherwise. The Saints are going to have to pay for kicking the can down the road the next uh, two years. So, TJ, I agree with you. They are taking the quarterback this year. My only question is, like, if you were to – I don't know, man. I, I Normally people will be trading, making trades and stuff like that when they're trying to get a quarterback, when they're trying to, like, enhance – their their draft position, right? Uh, they're trying to, you know, like we all know, you know, they need a wide receiver, and I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do. 
But I really feel like they're going to get a quarterback with that 16th pick. Yeah, we can get like two or uh, three first-round picks uh, next year if Sean Payton returns. Exactly. I'd rather uh, Sean go to the AFC. I agree with that. Sign Honey Badger, then uh, draft Jordan Davis at 16, draft Pennon at 19, best wide receiver available at 49. Well, I mean, you sign a Honey Badger, yeah, I agree with that. Jordan Davis is... I'll be highly surprised he on the board by 16. Uh, that, that guy is like top 10 talent. <clears throat> so I don't expect for him to be there. Uh, if we get Tyran, uh, do you think him, May, and CJ would be stuck playing uh, permanent roles at uh, free safety, strong safety, nickel, or would it be some type of rotation between the three because they're all versatile? Uh, I think that you might see a mixture. Uh, Dennis Allen does a really good job. And if you combine uh, Nielsen and uh, also uh, Chris Richard, you know, with their expertise, I think you're going to get like a different combination. So Saints say, who that? T. Scott says, why I'm tripping? Yeah, man. I mean, look, I, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, some people, they, they hear you say stuff and they say, you seem like, or like, it might be one episode where I probably have like this, this take about this, you know, Saints getting somebody Well, you always think that they should spend a bunch of money. Like, huh? What? You know, but I, I just chunk that up to people that don't really watch the, you know, don't really watch or listen to the show. You know, I never like that. That ain't even how I work. You know, I always talk about this great debate about uh, John Madden and Al Davis they had. Like, how do you build? You know, how do you build through the draft? You know, you know, do you build, like, through offensive line? Do you build through secondary? Do you build by going and get free agents? I'm always a firm believer in building, like getting good scouts. If I was a general manager, that's how I would work. I would want to get some of the best scouts where I can scout some of the best young talent and be able to develop those guys to be a formidable team, Right. I think the way to win championships is the way the Saints drafted in 2017. And as you can see, uh, it's unfortunate that they didn't. But every one of those guys end up getting, you know what I'm saying, top dollar from some team somewhere. So, I mean, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Trey Hendrickson, right? Even Azzalone. You know, these, these guys have gotten money. So, the way that I look at it, that's how you build, right? And... That I mean, there's, there's no way around it. I asked everybody, please hit that like button for those that are just joining in. We've got 200 uh, people watching this right now, so please go ahead and hit that like button if you enjoy the content. You're right, TJ. They want a ring. Kevin, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying, uh, trying to say. I don't think they are bad at negotiating. I want them to get Matthew, but not if he wants Marcus Williams' money. I've been watching you for a while. Juan, look, but okay, like I said, I, I just felt like maybe I don't I don't feel like you, you know, you typed that. I, I'm pretty sure I understand where you're coming from. I don't expect for them to exhaust their money. Uh, I want you to understand, Juan, like if Tyron Matthew is out here right now, no disrespect to him, but if he's out here right now, there's a reason. And as long as you're out in free agency, the less your value is. I want you to understand, we're, if you're looking at this show right now, it is April 5th. We're a few weeks away from the NFL draft. Teams feel, even though Tyron Matthew is immensely talented, they feel like we can get a safety in a draft right now. 
So they feel like they have all the leverage. Like, yeah, we want you to come play, but if you're asking for too much, well, we can go out here and draft this guy that's a versatile safety slash nickel, and, you know, we can get that type of production, and we don't have to pay him that much. We can just pay him rookie value. So why him by him being out here right now, this this gives all these teams, like, leverage. So if he was going to be a guy who was getting Marcus Williams money, he would have been gone. Like, he would have been gone, like, in the first day, two days. and Or, you know what I'm saying, like, you would have heard that he was going to sign in principle somewhere. Like, we knew some of these guys were going to go to other teams before free agency even hit, right? Because, that you know, you got a couple of days where you can actually, quote, unquote, uh, tamper or talk to uh, guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, excuse me, right? So if he was going to get that type of money, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. I want you to understand that. The longer you're out there, the less your value is because teams seem to smell that at this time you're desperate, right? You want to play, but, you know, like you, you're not as hot as you think you are. Not, I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm just saying that's the way the teams look at you. So, no, he's not going to get that type of money. I'm, I'm just going to let you know why. He's not getting that type of money. If he would, if he was getting that type of money, he would have got it already. It, it just, It's just what it is. I'll be ripping him. Thank you very much for the $2. says, I don't just fart. I take a mean leak as well. <laughs> well, that's, I, I don't know if everybody wanted to know that, but... Thank you so much uh, for the $2, man. I appreciate that. Uh, this should be a done deal. Tyron Matthews gives you a shot at a Super Bowl. Yeah, he definitely solidifies a position that needs to be filled by the New Orleans Saints, no doubt about that. But I kind of, you know, I, I put my brakes on talking about being a Super Bowl contender. Um, like, I, I mean, look, I go into the season optimistic, uh, but – I just think that it, it it takes more than Tyron Matthew to put the Saints over the top, all right? You 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 need you need you need health, uh, you need consistency, and uh, most importantly, you need a little bit of luck, right? You know what I'm saying? Like some people, are like man, you lucky, like, yeah, luck. Sometimes like you need a little bit of luck sometimes. How many times like a team has been getting beat to sleep, and then all of a sudden, like the team that's beating them to sleep start making mistakes, a field goal here. A, a, a botch punt there, um, you know, like and that the team that's getting beat the brakes out of end up winning. I mean, do y'all remember the classic Denny Green, the Bears who we thought they were, but we let them off the hook? I mean, you look at Rex Grossman, what he threw like five interceptions in that game? You know what I'm saying? They still won. They had six total turnovers in that game. I'll never forget that. But the, the Cardinals end up losing the game to the Bears. So sometimes you need a little luck. Right, so it's a combination of that, but he he doesn't hurt. Definitely don't hurt. Definitely makes that secondary better by him being out there. Facts: uh, they get a quarterback in the first round. Jameis Winston is going bad, as I hate to say it. Yeah, I mean it's just the truth, man. Just truth. I, I, you're not drafting a quarterback in the first round and not uh, allowing him to play rather late on in that year, later on that season, or Maybe next year. But I'm just saying. And then you look at his deal, right? His deal is no indication like you believe in him. A two-year deal with a majority of your your money already up front. So if they cut ties with you, 
He already done made your money. He's on a prove-it deal, right? And, and there's nothing about Jameis Winston uh, and what the Saints did, you know, to try to go after Deshaun Watson should Jameis Winston at all feel comfortable. I mean, he pretty much, you know what I'm saying, the Saints pretty much say it in, in so many words, like, we, you know what I'm saying, we didn't want you first, but, you know what I'm saying, like, you are our next best option. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's like couldn't get the date with the girl, you know what I'm saying, that you didn't want, but, you know what I'm saying, you end up going out on a date with a friend, right? You know what I'm saying? A friend, cool, but you wanted to go out with the other girl, but you couldn't get that date, so you end up going out with a friend. That, that, that's what it is. That's what he is. He 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 is the friend that the Saints went out with. But just like some of those dates, it turns out to be a marriage, right? You know, I went out with her. You know, I didn't think I didn't expect anything. Or I went out with him. I didn't expect anything. Next thing you know, we married, right? So if he goes out there, he gets this opportunity and he blows it out of the water, he will leave the Saints no choice. Or he will make himself extremely valuable uh, in free agency next year. Or, you know what I'm saying, or, or you know, the year after. So that that's just the way I look at it. This is not a good quarterback draft anyway. It's not, but we know how that goes. It's a good idea to go back home, old friends, enemies. Um, It depends on how you left. It depends on how you roll uh, or how you move, rather. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know there, there is jealousy. Um there's jealousy when you go back to your hometown in certain ways. So we, we see guys, you know, rest in peace to Young Dolph, uh, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle, who we, uh, a couple, what about last week, it was the third year anniversary of his death. Uh, sometimes it's not a good thing to go back home, you know, but it depends on how you move, man. Uh, I think Tyron Matthew, I think he he's smart enough at this stage of his life where things are a little bit more meaningful to you, you know, like, you know how it is, man. When you're a kid, you're young, you don't really have anything going for you at the time. You know, then all of a sudden you might make some dumb decisions. But as you get older, you become a man, or you become a woman, and you you have you have kids, right? You have a husband, you got a wife, you got responsibilities. It changes, it changes you. I, look, I I sit here today behind this microphone, a different guy. I'm a different guy because I'm a married man. I'm different because I, I have a son, right? I got I got obligations, right? We got bills to pay. And the things that I held on to and I thought were the most important things, like hanging out with my friends and trying to prove to them I'm on, it, it doesn't seem to have that same ring to it the way that it once did. I, I, got, I don't care about buying the most exclusive Jordans that I can find, right? I, I don't care about trying to push the best whip or anything like that anymore. Like what I care about is that young boy, you know, that, that I have, or what I care about is loving my wife. Those things like they change you and him coming home, I think is, is, is going to be a little, it's going to be different because he's not the same person. You, you leave as a boy, you come back as a man. And that's what he is to me from everything that I see from every, from, the way that I see him operate, it seems like he has the football is important to him, but it's not the most important thing to him. And I can look and I can understand it. Some people be like, man, football is supposed to be the most important thing. Yeah. But 
there's some things bigger than that. You can you can play football at a high level and still value things more, you know, more that you feel like are more important than that. That I mean, so I think it's different. Look after uh, your Baltimore Ravens win the Super Bowl when they beat the Broncos on a miracle. Uh, <laughs> well, look, man, shouts out to Jacoby Jones, man. He from New Orleans, man, the guy that caught that touchdown. So I ain't got no problem with that. Uh, Jacoby, man, was my Matt tutor when I was going up with Bound at UNO. Yeah, so I'm all, man, look, I ain't got no problem with that, man. Shouts out to Kobe Jones, man. <laughs> uh, Go Saints. Larry says maybe uh, he been denying all the deals because he wants to come home. Yeah, he want, like he wanted to call his shot. You know, maybe maybe it was, but I'm pretty sure you have to be realistic about it, you know. And we we've heard that the the both parties were interested in, you know, each other for a while. So I'm pretty sure the Saints uh mapped out or probably, you know, told his agent what they're willing to give or what they have at the particular time. We cannot have Jameis looking over his shoulder. Well, I don't think Jameis ever looks over his shoulder. I'm I'm just being real with you. I mean, Jameis could have looked over his shoulder last year going up against Taysom, right? He went into that season as it was a quarterback competition and he blew it out of the water. So look, man, look, you can't shy away from competition being in the national football league. And if you're looking over your shoulder, guess what? You're not confident in yourself. You're not confident. Like, and if you're not confident, then I don't want you to be the quarterback. Seriously. Like if you are not comfortable in your position as a receiver, as a quarterback, as a cornerback, I don't care if you're a kicker, punter, if you're not confident and believe that you are the best, then you have no business being out there, right? That's my biggest issue with some of these wide receivers. Too many people just happy to be out there and too afraid, too afraid that their position is going to be taken away from them so they don't rise to the occasion, right? So if you're the quarterback, one of the most important positions, some people say it is the most important position. If you are not confident within yourself, then what the heck are you doing out there? So if you have a young rookie quarterback that is coming in, right, your first overall pick, your former Heisman Trophy winner, you're the first quarterback to lead your college to a college football playoff championship. You've done all these different things, right? You go to a a, a franchise that at the particular time was going through a transition, right? And you come to another franchise that believes in you and it gives you, you know, different offensive innovation, and giving you an opportunity to prove that the team that you came from made a mistake, right? Even though the mistake that they made came, you know, with a championship, whatever. But you have to have confidence in yourself. To me, Jameis has confidence in himself. So, I mean, how can anybody quit? Like, honestly, have y'all ever seen anybody get more, have endured more scrutiny than this dude? Like, seriously, if if Jameis Winston was going to fall off the turnip truck, you know what I'm saying? Like, he would have been fell off. It seems like every national media pundit has an agenda talking about how terrible this dude is. They're going to talk about the quarter, I mean, the interception. They're going to talk about him being a turnover machine. All these different things that were said about him. So, to me, if he was, if his confidence was brittle, then, um, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? He probably he probably would have been fell off. You know, so I don't think another quarterback coming in going to waver 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Waver his confidence any, in any way, shape, or form at all. That, that's one thing I do not worry about with Jameis Winston is his confidence. Like, man, that dude gets scrutinized consistently, and he has yet to let that kind of stuff get to him. He still believes in himself. You can still sit up there and say, I can make all the throws that your favorite quarterback can. I can do all the things that your favorite quarterback can. That don't sound like somebody that would shy away from competition. Alfred, thank you very much for the 999. Says, I used to believe in building through the draft, but it's about winning right now. I'd rather get that established player that can help uh, us win uh, now uh, than take a chance on a guy that might not pan out. Thank you very much for the 999, but here's the reality. That's a good point, but we are all prisoners of the moment. Seriously, we're all prisoners of the moment. For the last two years, we've seen two teams not only represent their, uh, you know, represent uh, in their home stadium, the Super Bowl, but we also seen these guys get a highly touted uh, quarterback, bring him to their organization and win. So at this particular time, we feel like that's, that's how you win championships. Uh, back in the day, it used to be, let's tear it, let, let's uh, carry the football 30, 40 times. Then it went to, let's throw the ball 30, 40 times. Then it went from, oh, you know what I'm saying, like defense winning championship with the Baltimore Ravens. Then it was with the uh, Rams, the greatest show on turf. Offense wins you championships, right? Then we've seen the, the New England Patriots. Then, you know what I'm saying, with Tom Brady, you need a good coach-quarterback combination. Year after year after year, we have seen the NFL transform. And it, it has been different ways. Everybody was talking about uh, the, the Legion of Boom, the way they dominated defensively to their way to a championship. So everybody like, man, you know, we need to run our defense like this. Why do y'all think the Saints got Jarris Bird? They wanted to run that kind of like triangle-type defense that Seattle was trying to run. We had Earl Thomas in the middle of the field, and you had, you know, uh, Delvin Bro on one side, uh, Keenan Lewis on the other, you know what I'm saying? And they man guys up, right? That was the wave. Now, all of a sudden, you have these two teams that one gets Matthew Stafford, they won a Super Bowl last year. Then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting Tom Brady, they won a Super Bowl the year before that. So now we feel like that's how you win. No, man. Look, the Saints have dropped the ball on several occasions. Rather, it was Marcus Williams missing the tackle in 17. Rather, it was the NFL screwing the heck out of New Orleans Saints in 2018. Nobody is going to tell me that the 2018 Saints would not have beaten the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, period. They were better than the Rams. The Rams got lucky. They let them, they let them boys off the hook with a combination of one of the worst nine calls in history. And, and guess what? That team would have went to the Super Bowl with a bunch of guys that they developed in their system. So there's like there's no right or wrong way about this. Could you bring in a quarterback and he changed your fortunes and make you a, a, a credible football team and lead you to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. But there's still teams that can you can build through the draft and win Super Bowls. You can have a really good defense, some solid quarterback play, and you can find yourself in the Super Bowl. It is no right or wrong way, right? It's just the last couple of years, it has happened. So we feel like that's what you need to do. That's the way to go. That's not always the case. Things change. You know, what I said at the beginning of the show, 
It's a combination of good locker room, a bad of attrition, and a little bit of luck. You know? I mean, come on, man. Like, there's been opportunities and chances and where, you know, the Rams wouldn't even be in that situation. Like, Tampa could have easily, you know what I'm saying, like, easily could have came back. I mean, Cam Akers fumbled the football. I mean, that could have been their chance right there for them to slip through the cracks. So, I mean, you you need a little bit of luck. You need a little, you know, some good things to go your way. So, it's a combination. 253 watching and only 118 likes. Uh, hit that like button. I agree, man. Thank you, Hoodie Jew, for the 199. I appreciate that, man. Uh, Mark Ingram is probably on his last leg. I believe this is uh, his farewell tour this season. Probably is, man. But he deserves it, man. He's been a he's been a fan favorite. Not not the entire time, but people love him, man. And I don't think that he's going to be the guy that's going to be your bell cow back. He's not going to be the guy who's going to carry your team. You know to a championship, not at this stage of his career, but he's a good complimentary guy and he still has that, that, that will. And, and he also, you know, gives you that energy, man. So you need that in the locker room. I mean, I think that that was something that was missing uh, the last couple of years from the saints His his larger than life personality, man. And his, his ability, man, and, and his likability about his teammates. I think that's important. The Saints uh, need to get Tyron Matthews' deal done real quick. He is better to me than Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think that's two different positions. Both guys are really extremely talented, okay? Um, I can't say who's better because, like I said, they play two different positions, but both of the guys are extremely meaningful. They're extremely meaningful to what they do. Dude said red rifle. (laughs) I don't know what we talking about with that. Uh, let's see. Jameis Winston is resilient, man. This year, he is going to prove everyone uh, that they were wrong about him. And people believe that he don't have arm talent. They must be on that dog food. Well, he definitely has arm talent. His arm talent is not the issue. I, I think it's his decision-making that's been the issue. And if he gets better with his decision-making, that's a wrap. What's happening, TJ? I'm late. As hell, but as usual, I go back to listen to the replay on Spotify. I appreciate it, man. We just talked about Tyron Matthew, uh, the Saints uh, trading with the Philadelphia Eagles for draft picks and answering questions. If Matthew signed with the Saints, I'm getting his jersey. (laughs) I think a lot of people will echo your sentiments. A lot of people feel like it might be the most well-sold jersey in Louisiana and among Saints fans. I agree. I agree with that. Hoodie Jube, thank you very much for the 499 says, with our new picks, we can uh, f- really fill in those holes and make a Super Bowl push this year with all the picks. I feel that we can repeat our 2017 draft. Well, it depends on the scout team. Uh, have they been doing their due diligence? Can they, uh, Can they? Uh, you know what they say, lightning in a bottle? Can they find lightning in a bottle twice? Uh, I don't know. You know, it remains to be seen. I mean, these last couple of years, I ain't going to lie to you, they've not been very good when it comes to drafting, man. And they haven't been. You know what I'm saying? Giving us the likes of Traquan Smith and, uh, you know, Adam Troutman hasn't lived up to expectations. Zach Bond hasn't really lived up to expectations. Peyton Turner, to be continued. Like, we don't know what these guys can do. You know, like, they, I don't know, man. I'm willing to give them a chance, but I don't know. They've been kind of, Man, they gave us C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I give him that. 
But um, they gave us Paulson Adebo, so it's hit and miss. Hit and miss. Who said Red Rifle going to take Jameis' job? You must be dreaming. Only if Jameis get hurt. Honey Badger is a ball hawk. You're killing uh, two birds with one stone. Yeah, that's true. We can't let uh, him uh, leave on his visit. Well, you want to leave, but you want to leave with something to think about. You know, and that thought shouldn't be, I, I need to go somewhere else. TJ, congrats, Honey Badger, uh, going Saints. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I, I don't know. I see. I, hopefully it happens. We will draft Olave and Pennington in the first. Well, we'll see. I, I ne- look. I'm I'm glad that. I, I'm glad. I'm I'm. Hold on. I was looking at something. I thought it was Michael Thomas said something, but now nah, it was somebody different. But anyway, um, lost my train of thought. Yeah, Pennington and Olave. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. The Saints never do what we expect them to do. Wide receiver need to be 16 and or 19 pick for sure. I'm pretty sure one of them going to be a wide receiver. I just don't know what the other one going to be. Marshawn Lattimore is better than Jalen Ramsey. Um, I don't know. I think they're both talented. It's kind of hard to, to say. I don't really go into analytics. I think they're both tough. I think they both mean a lot to their respective team. Draft will be interesting. Saints defense will be lethal. I hope. Stop it, Larry. Who that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, I think uh, he'll wear the number seven instead of 32. Well, Taysom Hill was number uh, seven, right? But if I'm wondering, well, no. Yeah, he can keep his number. So if Taysom Hill like moves to tight end, I mean, he still can wear number seven. I mean, he can still wear a single digit. You got Kyle Pitts out there wearing number eight. So, yeah, he can still wear number seven. I mean, I don't think Taysom Hill going to give up his number, and I don't think he should. Like, you know, like, we, we want nostalgia and all that kind of stuff, man. But, look, man, that's Taysom Hill number. And I'm not, look, I'm not going to sit up here and act like Taysom Hill, like, toilet water or something like that. Like, this dude ain't meaningful to the team. Like, if you have a number seven Taysom Hill jersey, you should be proud to have a Taysom Hill jersey. You know, like, this dude is, like, a really, he's a really important player on this team. And just because, you know, we feel like he leaves a lot to be desired at quarterback don't mean that Taysom Hill didn't help the Saints win a lot of games and he didn't, you know what I'm saying, like, bring a lot of energy. So I'm not going to do that, man. This dude deserves his number seven, you know. Now, if they negotiate something, you know, Tyron Matthew try to pay Taysom Hill, which I don't feel like, you know, Taysom don't strike me as a guy that you will want money for something like that. But um, if they if they try to strike a deal like that somehow, but that's Taysom Hill number, man. He deserved it. It's like, it's like uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson, right? He was number 22. Mark Ingram was number 22 the majority of his career. I think the only year he didn't wear was his first year because Tracy Porter didn't want to give up the 22 he wore number 28. I mean, look, <laughs> don't you feel like C.J. Garner-Johnson earned that number 22? I mean, and honestly, man, you, you think about it, man, number 22 is really looking really good in the realms of uh, Saints history. I mean, for the exception of Fred Thomas' old trash tale, but for the last couple of years, like, the number 22 has been a really good number to wear in the Saints uniform. 
The Saints are not worrying about 2023. They're worried about 2022. They want to stay in the moment. Uh, the trade was a uh, big for the Saints. Now they can get offensive tackle on a wide uh, receiver. Yeah, Donald. I mean, that's what we all think. But once again, <laughs> these are the Saints we talking about. TJ, on another podcast, I said that it seems like we're going after a quarterback in the draft, and they thought I was tripping. You're not tripping because I feel the same way. I feel the same way because I, I don't feel like – I don't know why anybody would feel after what the Saints did this offseason that they would just automatically just be 100% comfortable with Jameis Winston. And I like Jameis, man. Y'all know this, but it's just the truth. Like – these guys went out here and said, basically said, look, you are second choice. Made the world know that he was their second choice. Like, come on, man. Like, that, that shouldn't make you feel comfortable at all. I don't understand how anybody can sit here and honestly believe, based on a contract, based on what the Saints did in the offseason, that the Saints are just that content with Jameis Winston. Now, we're happy that he resigned, but you can't be confident that the Saints see Jameis Winston as their future quarterback, not after what they did with the Deshaun Watson situation. If the Saints were really confident in Jameis, Deshaun would have been out here and the Saints would have been nowhere in that conversation. Their, their top priority would have been, man, what are we going to do, you know, to try to make sure that Jameis comes back here? Jameis was just out here, you know, waiting in the wings, you know, until the Saints decided to come back and be like, all right, man, we're going to take you. Right, we'll, we'll, you know, like we playing, we playing pickup basketball right here, and all the all the good players are, are gone. So let me go ahead and grab him. That's how they treated that dude. So how if any, how can anybody be confident that the Saints are just content at him being a quarterback? That's why I feel like they're gonna draft one. I honestly hope Saints find an answer for the wide receiver position and the left tackle. Saints aren't going anywhere without an offense tight end and wide receiver is just so questionable. It's a lot to overcome, and they don't address this. Plus, our best offensive line person is now going. I disagree with that. Our best offensive line person is Ryan Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick, to me, is better than Teron Armstead. Now, I know you're saying, like, there's two different positions. When it comes to ability, when it comes to stability, when it comes to Durability. I know, you know, Ryan Ramchek was dinged up this year, but this was the first time in his entire career <clears throat> that he missed uh, a number of games, right? You know what I'm saying? I think he only – I don't even say he missed a game. <clears throat> he didn't even miss a game. Like, he ended up, like, getting a concussion, I think, in a game versus Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. So, Ryan Ramchek is the best offensive lineman, even over to Ryan Armstead. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. Like he he's the best offensive line. But but back to your statement. Um, I'm interested to see will the Saints like up, you know what I'm saying, upgrade Jawan Johnson, who I feel like played best at tight end, better than Troutman, better than Varnett, especially in the red zone. I'm interested to see him going in to a, a, a one full offseason, one full season. In the offseason, at the tight end position. He was a wide receiver last year around this time, and then the Saints told him, man, we're going to switch to the tight end. So he was busy trying to get his weight up. Now, you know what I'm saying, he's been walking around at that tight end weight, and, you know, he knows his role. I think this dude can be something special. Seriously, you you take a, a wide receiver with that type of ability 
and you put him at a tight end. So he's already good at route running. You just have to get better at blocking, get stronger. One offseason, I'm interested to see what Jawan Johnson can do. Adam Troutman, that that game versus the Eagles where he uh, messed up his MCL, like, showed me some promise. If he can take what I've seen in that in that Philadelphia Eagles game and apply it to every week, I think he can be something special. That was his best game. It was like he heard everybody talking about him, and all of a sudden he decided to, like, channel his inner George Kittle or something. Like, he, he played really well. So if he can – he can kind of bottle that up, that emotion, that that feeling, and go out there and apply it every single week. And you combine that with Jawan Johnson, Nick Varnett, eh, eh, you know, like, eh, I don't know. You know, but if you can get those two guys on board, they're young, you know, and they're talented, I think you can have something special. But it's only if they go into this offseason with a different mind frame. TJ, I know it's too late to tell, but are there any quarterbacks in the draft worth trading up for? I don't know, man. Um, I've been watching pro days. All I've been seeing is people rolling out to the right, rolling out to the left, throwing 60-yard bombs down the field. Look, if we play an arena football, okay. But, man, can you, you know what I'm saying, can you throw the short passes? Can you throw the intermediate passes? Can you, can you, you know what I'm saying, work the middle of the field, right? What, what What's it going to be like? Everybody can throw a ball 60 yards or 40 yards down the field when there's no pressure on you. Like what? What is your what is your thought pattern? Like I don't buy into all this, you know, aesthetic stuff. You know what I'm saying? The vertical jump, the the running, the you know, like all this stuff, man. You you train for what's gonna happen when when this is Sunday and it's time to step up? What's gonna happen then? That's what I want to know. That's that's the guys I want on the team. It's guys I want in the locker room. Like so to me, based on. <clears throat> based on the games, the magnitude of the games, I have to go with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett strikes me as like a Justin Herbert type player. Like nobody, <clears throat> nobody thought that Justin Herbert was going to be what he was because everybody, oh man, his leadership, his leadership, his leadership. Uh, you know, a lot of people felt like. You know, he he wasn't appointed captain. Uh, he's quiet. Now look at Justin Herbert. Look at him. Look at the guy. You know what I'm saying? Now he's out there tearing the league up, ripping it up by storm. And Kenny Pickett, who has played in a lot of games, and I feel like that would that would benefit him. Um, and also, like, his time to develop. Like, people talking about, well, why he stayed in college so long? Are they saying the same thing about Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow last season. In college at LSU, he was not the same when he first got to LSU. The dude, the dude production and the way he played was like night and day. So if if a guy like Joe can do that, why not Kenny Pickett? Why can't he stay in college for four years and why can't he uh, develop? And I feel like sometimes that's what guys need. Because you find guys that come into the league too early, like a Mark Sanchez, who should have stayed in college at USC, but everybody started telling him, oh, you're a top 10 pick. You're a top 10 pick. I mean, Pete Carroll basically told him, you need to stay here. He didn't. He decided to leave, go to the Jets, and the rest is history, right? He's known for a butt fumble and a bunch of calamities, right? So sometimes you might need to stay in college. Sometimes you might need to get those extra reps on a college level to develop. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like now he's, what, about 23, 24 years old. He comes into the league. 
man body, you know what I'm saying, more knowledge. You know, the game pretty much probably going to have a better chance of slowing down. He's going to have an easier time to transition when it comes to, like, the speed of the game than, you know, and also probably the durability. So, yeah, man, I, look, I, I think Kenny Pickett, you know, I think Kenny Pickett going to be the one. Malik Willis, I like him, but I just think that he's the – I don't want to call him a flash and a pan, but I just think we prisoner of a moment when when it comes to him. And it always happens. Always a guy that we never really heard of and nobody really watched. And all of a sudden, here come Mel Kuyper and Ty McShay. Man, look out for him. Look out. Look out. I'm telling you, look out. And all of a sudden, we looking out and, oh, man, that's the guy we need. We need him. We need him. Like, have you ever seen this dude play? Like, seriously. So I would say Kenny Pickett. I would say Kenny Pickett would be a guy that I would be willing to trade up for. Malik Willis, I'll probably end up eating my words, but no, I wouldn't trade up for him. Desmond Ritter, you probably can get him, you know, at at that spot where you're at right now. Sam Howell, uh, <laughs> he came from the same school that gave us Mr. Jabisky. So, enough said. You can't forget Joe Burrow was like 22 or 23 years old. Exactly. Kenny Pickett is the next filler rivers. Mark my words. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? If somebody say you're the next filler rivers, that don't sound too bad. Cause filler rivers going to end up in a hall of fame. You know, he probably didn't win no super bowl, but let's, let's not act like filler rivers was trash. You know, like wait a minute here. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's being a good, I don't know if you look, that, that's the thing. And that's crazy. Cause when people mention Phillip Rivers, I don't know if they saying that as a as a as a form of respect, or you know what I'm saying, or they saying it like it's a joke. But to me, it's not a joke. When I see when I hear somebody say you're the next Phillip Rivers, that ain't too bad. That's a that's a pretty doggone good career. Somebody say I can have the same career as Phillip Rivers or have the same ability as Phillip Rivers, I think you can go in like let let's just be serious about this, man. Uh Phillip Rivers Dude could have won a championship on somebody's team. You know what I'm saying? It just so happened Chargers didn't, you know, rise to the occasion, you know, when they were the number one seeds and all that kind of stuff. But Phillip Rivers was talented, you know. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind having a career of a Phillip Rivers, the, the skill set of a Phillip Rivers. We all can't win uh, Super Bowl championships, but that don't mean that we're failures. I'm thinking we're going to trade out of two first-round picks to trade further up and select a quarterback. That would be, I'm be honest with you, Big Sean, that would be the dumbest. That would be the dumbest thing the Saints have ever done. Like, seriously. Like, you you might as well have done that. <laughs> you might as well try to negotiate a trade to trade up with another team already. Instead of like dealing with the with the Philadelphia Eagles, no, there's no way. Now, I, I can't see the Saints doing nothing but trying to like. No, I can't even see them switching places based on what they gave up to Philly. Now you're really going into uncharted territory. So you give up your first round pick next year, second round pick in 2024. So what do you th- like? What do you have to give? Like, what, what can you give to another team? You don't have a first round pick next year. Are you going to give up your first round pick in 2024? I don't see teams waiting two years, uh, to, you know, saying to cash in on draft capital. So, no, I don't see that happening. I think the Saints are going to draft the, at these two particular spots because if they didn't, 
why would you even make a trade with Philly when you can probably talk to somebody that got the 12th round pick or something like, I mean, 12th pick in the draft. Now, that wouldn't make much sense because they wouldn't have the draft capital, man. Now, if, if it happened before the Philly trade, then maybe, yeah, but he said it was a compliment dude. Okay, there we go. Like I said, man, sometimes, man, Philip Rivers, like when people talk about Philip Rivers, man, you'll be surprised. But if it's a compliment, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you because he was a heck of a quarterback. Trade a first for DK Metcalf. Uh, no. No, man, get your own guy. Get your own guy. Uh, let him develop in your system. You know, they're wide receivers in this draft, talent, more talented and better uh, then I feel like DK Metcalf is going to be in his career. Like, I feel like Chris Olave is a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf. I feel like Jamison Williams is a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he's good, but I don't think he's better than Metcalf. I think they're kind of the same type of guy. I just think that DK is just a big physical guy. He's just a big physical guy. He was a, a you know, a younger Julio Jones with, you know, about, about the same skill set, just not better. I mean, not the best route runner in the world. Like, he's an average route runner. He's just big and physical. All, all I'll say this. All the guys that I, I just named are better route runners than D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf, fast, strong, tall, physical. You know? I mean, but you have a, a tall, physical wide receiver already. Not that fast, but he catch everything in Michael Thomas. So if you can get yourself a wide receiver with a a different skill set, good route running ability, I think you'll be okay. Kenny Pickett gives me Eli Manning vibes. Well, Justin Herbert gives me Eli Manning vibes too, but dude a beast on that field. Like you look at Justin Herbert, man, dude go throws a 60-yard bomb, go sit on the bench like it didn't even happen. You know, so, you know, not having Eli Manning vibes not – not that bad, you know. Everybody ain't got to be a rah-rah guy. Everybody ain't got to have a strong presence on social media. Everybody ain't got to be all up in the camera face making silly faces and making us laugh and making us feel comfortable like, yeah, that's our guy. Like, as long as you go out there and you throw touchdowns, as long as you go out there and get the respect of your peers and your teammates, that's the only thing that matters. Like, nobody, you know, nobody would care. Like, if this dude was just quiet, reserved, but he goes out there and he balls out, like, I, I, I understand modern day, right? We we love our athletes, we love our celebrities to be in your face and being exposed, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. I guess like you know, available, available to us, but um, doesn't always have to be that way. I don't care if he quiet as a church mouth, as long as he goes out there and he balls out, I can care less. We got slant boy, we need speed. Yeah, slant boy had 149 receptions, 1700 yards and had more catches in the first four seasons than anybody else. But we tend to forget about those things. And who cares, right? Who cares? Like, I don't care if the dude ain't running deep poses. Is he catching everything that he that you throw at him? He has over 80% catch rate. Like, who cares? Like, I, I leave that to the people that feel like, you know, they, they think that's what it takes to be a top wide receiver as a guy running nine street routes down the field. Like, who cares? Like, as long as the dude catches the football, I, I can care less. Like, I don't buy into that stuff, man. Oh, that's all you do. Man, I don't care. If we on a park and I'm not a really good uh, three-point shooter and I'm spotting up from 20 feet, 
I'm doing a David Robinson style 1999 and I'm out there killing you. Man, all you do is shoot 20-foot jumpers. Well, guess what? Try to stop it. Try to stop that jumper then. Okay, if all if you know what I'm doing and I'm still very effective and I'm still out there getting buckets, who cares? Like, like the dude, like, I, I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand, like, this... I don't understand this 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 modern day way of thinking. Like, if you're good at something, you're talented. Like, who cares if you know if that's your bread, how your bread is buttered? Who cares? I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, like if you just out there just running one particular route, you out there just running running a particular route, nobody can stop you. If you out there, you know, what I'm saying running twenty foot jumpers, and nobody can stop you. Uh. Come on, man. And, you know, I know what you're saying. I don't think you, you know, I don't feel like, you know, it was a form of disrespect or anything like that. I'm just saying, in general, who cares? Like, you know, uh, in general, man, I don't think my dog actually uh, meant anything by it. I think, you know, but I'm just saying this for people that, that, that say this in a form of disrespect when it comes to Michael Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't care. Like, it's like, man, man, TJ, man, you you do you do the podcast the same way every single, like, guess what? It working, okay? Got one of the best Saints podcasts in the world, all right? You think I'm about to change the format? No, okay? If it's working, it's working, right? You can add different nuances to it. And, of course, I think that you're going to see different nuances, and I think you're going to see some different things by Michael Thomas. Like, we also have to take into account Drew Brees' arm strength was diminished around the time Michael Thomas actually got there. He wasn't, Drew Brees was starting to go into the twilight of his career. Why don't people take this into consideration? When, when Drew Brees wasn't in a game, when Drew Brees wasn't playing, Michael Thomas was catching passes of 20 yards down the field. I seen him catch passes from Teddy Bridgewater 20 plus. I seen him uh, catch a deep pass in Minnesota, Taysom Hill, up 20-plus. Heck, I seen him uh, a deep pass that he caught with Drew Brees, 20-plus. So it's not like the dude can't do it. You have to take into account what they were asking him to do and what Drew Brees' limitations were. We have not seen Michael Thomas play with a quarterback that can consistently get the ball down the field like Jameis can. So... All this slant stuff, are people taking into consideration maybe he was doing these things because Drew wasn't throwing the ball deep down the field? How many deep passes did you see Drew Brees throw down the field the last two or three years of his career? They were so rare that some of us probably can remember every single one of them. So... Keen Arthur, thank you very much for five dollars. Said TJ Slant Boy had fourteen hundred seventy four yards receiving, and all with all slants removed from his stats. People still saying, uh, trying to diminish dude's accomplishment. Well, man, let them say what they want to say. But like I said, it, it doesn't. It sounds funny, but when you peel back the layers, King Arthur, I mean, it's, it's easily explained. You know, it's almost like I don't know, man. If you you stayed down a block, right, and I don't know, Mama told you to go to the store, for example. You know, normally you run to the store and you run back, right? It'd probably take you, I don't know, five minutes. 
all of a sudden, let's just say on your way to the store, you, you, you fall into a ditch or something like that, hurt your ankle, right? <laughs> you know, on your way back, it probably take you 10 minutes. Why it took you 10 minutes? Well, I couldn't run this time. I was, I was limping. Well, normally it take you five minutes. Well, because I hurt my ankle. Well, it still should take you five minutes. That's no excuse. What? What are you talking about? Of course, I can't run if I sprain my ankle, right? Of course, Michael Thomas can't get the, you know what I'm saying, can't get deep passes down the field if Drew Brees was limited. Well, I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't know. You you got to play, you got to play with the hand that you were dealt. And obviously, he he, he did a, a heck of a job. So, yeah, I heard that from everywhere. They saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I hope we draft uh, the Ontario Drummond in the, in the third. Kenny Pickett wasn't the talent uh, that Herbert uh, is. Yeah, probably. You know, but guys sometimes uh, are average in college, go to the league, and be above average. Guys that end up being real good may not end up not being so good. But I don't know, Kenny Pickett, you never know. Right system. Coach that's willing to uh, develop him, you know, see what he does well and utilize that. Who knows? Uh, if we need speed, uh, bring Brandon Cooks back. If you need speed, why try to get a guy that's a veteran, bring him back in, uh, and that'll be cool. But you can get a guy in the draft who has speed that can catch the ball down the field too and don't have to pay him as much. I mean, and you could develop and he can be your guy. Wouldn't mind re-signing Emmanuel Sanders. I think he well, pretty much he's thinking about retiring. So I don't know if that's going to be it. I'm going to read a few more and then we're going to get up out of here. Jameis is better with speed wide receivers than big wide receivers that can separate. Uh, I tried. Uh, I'm tired of him throwing to the Mike Evans and Kelvin Benjamins. Get this uh, stroll of a deep, speedy receiver already. Yeah, I mean, you had Harris, man. Deontay Hardy, you know, he was catching some passes down the field. You seen Callaway catch some passes down the field. I think people are just feeling like Michael Thomas can't catch deep passes down the field for some reason. It's because the dude didn't really have opportunities to do that. So let's see what he can do. TJ, have these people uh, seen Mike T, route running ability, being able to run Chris uh, routes, make up for the lack of speed because you can still beat your cornerback, uh, Mike can do the downfield too and has the quarterback. Yeah. I'm interested to see what he can do. Jerry Rice ran slants primarily. Yeah, and he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. All the people call Mike T. Slant Boy, uh, count all the slants he ran, then let me know. I don't care if all he did was run slants. I'm look, I don't look, who cares? <laughs> Like, that, that's the point I want people to understand. Like, when they say this, who cares? Like, is that, a, like, that's an insult? Like, that's a, like, think about this. Running a slant to catch the pass to get a first down. To catch the pass on a slant and get extra yards. Who cares? Like, as long as the dude is actually catching passes, who cares? Like, that's not, you know, that's, oh, man, you, you, but you can't run that deep post, though. But you can't run that nine. Who cares? Like, seriously, for them to even be thinking about something like this, 
goes to show you how dominant and impressive this dude actually is. This is actually a compliment when you know when people thinking that it's an insult. That that's 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 crazy. Like the dude is so good at what he does. They they looking at it like, oh man, that's all you can do. Well, stop it. Stop it. Like that, like who cares? Like if he came out there and ran all slants and he was catching everything, 81, 82%, 90% of his catches, I can care less. He moving a change. You know what I'm saying? He's helping his team win. He's getting those yards after the catch. Who cares? I don't. Like I don't, like when people like say that to, if I mention Michael Thomas on social media and somebody man slam boy slam boy uh, I'm like okay I don't even respond because that's that's just absolutely ridiculous. It, it's it's amazing to me how what people feel is an insult. The, what the dude job primarily is to catch the ball when the ball is being thrown to him. They ain't saying your job is to catch. Street routes down the field, every street route, like you you just run street routes and catch that. And anything that's not a street route don't count. You know? Mm, I don't get it. I wish someone uh give me a hundred million just to run slants. Please use some common sense. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna do that either. Hey TJ, uh to me, this has been a fascinating offseason. I can't wait for the draft day. Yeah, Saints offseason normally be kind of quiet, but with the, you know, Drew Brees retired, Sean Payton gone has always seemed to have something to talk about and also just the uncertainty of it. When you had Drew Brees as a quarterback and Sean Payton, you knew what you actually had. Like, we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. But uh, my final thought here today uh, is uh, Tyron Matthew, hopefully, the Saints can work some stuff out with him. Uh, as far as the draft, I, I like the move that the Saints actually did. I feel like uh, they can always get that back with Sean Payton coming back into the league, which I really believe he will. Uh, I, w- I want to see the Saints get a wide receiver. I don't care what they do with the other picking, honestly, even if it's a quarterback. I don't care, right? As long as it's for the betterment of the team, look, regardless of who your quarterback is, he needs somebody to throw the football to. Uh, you need to beef up this team offensively because last year it was a train wreck an embarrassment and as long as you ain't doing what you did last year i think the saints should be fine defensively you add tyron matthew his leadership his ability i think is an upgrade from malcolm jenkins i also feel like in some ways it'd be upgrades from marcus williams uh i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how this thing is going to pan out hopefully the saints uh can work out a deal with him because it seems like both parties uh, want each other so that's a plus but thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast shouts out to everybody uh ask that everybody just go ahead and hit that thumbs up before you get up out of here keen arthur thank you very much for the five dollars says tj last time i checked the slant was the toughest route to run because the defender knows where you're going still can't stop it yeah because you can jam at the line of scrimmage you know for five yards so you can use it's the most easiest route to knock a wide receiver off of you know because you have opportunity to jam him. So if he's doing that, yes, that is pretty impressive. That's a good point, Keen Arthur. Thank you very much for the $5. Uh, but thank you all so much for checking out the State of Saints podcast. Once again, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. We're also part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Also, uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search The State of the Saints Podcast. 
Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast as well. Hope everybody has a good morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?